Welcome to the Three to Ten Project. Two white, cisgendered males who've been friends for over 25 years, exploring race, gender, and education by talking through the intersection of our experiences with what we're reading, listening to, and thinking about. And most importantly, considering how to show up moving forward. It's a long-term commitment, three to 10 years of anti-racist culture building. I'm Mark. I'm Reed. Just a quick note on the name for this podcast. Three to 10 Project has been borrowed from Resma Menicum. You can learn more about this idea and about Resma at the link shared in the podcast description. Let's get to it. Yep, and that's Mark's footsteps. Turns out he is a bit more coherent when he is running. Okay, good morning, Mark. Hey, good morning. Reed, how's it going? <laughs> it's good. It's good. Uh, threatening rain, but dry here, and I got my run in without any moisture but what's going on down there yeah it's raining i mean it's not pouring but it's not drizzling but uh yeah it's put on the waterproof jacket that's not quite waterproof and i'll survive i'm not gonna melt <laughs> do you ever wear like a hat or any like a brim like do you get water in your eyes yeah. when it's raining what do you i'm wear wearing a brim head? yeah i'm wearing a, a visor right now okay. so just to kind of keep that off and every time I run in this type of weather, I think, oh, this is better than the Boston Marathon. I think it was 20, 2018, uh, the, the last one I ran in, which was the worst weather they'd ever had. And it was like 34 degrees at the start, literally torrential rain and a headwind the entire time. Um, and so, like, this is nothing compared to that. So, yeah. <laughs> it's always good to have perspective. It can always be worse. Huh? All, right. All right. So what are we going to talk about today and what's on your mind? Well, the timing of this is um, what's on my mind is that it was uh, we've just come off of the uh, end of the Derek Chauvin trial for the murder of George Floyd. I mean, I think that's what I want to just hear what you're thinking. I guess for me, I don't know if would say it was a surprise, but you know, the, we were all sort of unsure which way this was going to go. And the fact that he was convicted, I guess, on all these, these three different counts was um, different than what we've seen. And so, you know, yeah. I guess... I think it's important for us to kind of talk through that. I have a few thoughts, uh, but I'd love to hear your insights on this. Yeah, well, I have, I mean, just kind of almost like, just to maybe name for the sake of posterity, some things we saw in this one, the kind of blue wall silence, having some major cracks in it. I mean, literally like what the police chief testified against I mean, I don't know how 
often or if that ever happens. Um, but then also, and just like how strong the case was and how quick the deliberations were and all of that, I mean, it was clear. This guy used his power and murdered someone. And there was no, any reasonable person looked at him and said, what the fuck? Sorry for the language. <laughs> so <laughs> the, uh, the other thing I think that's important is that, you know, you hear, like you see people's Twitter posts or whatever is, you know, the difference between accountability and justice, like, I don't, I, I like the idea of like, this is accountability, but it's not justice, you know, justice, someone dies for no reason and it's not justice. And then the other piece is just that, again, I'm not making this up myself, I'm just restating some things I've read, it's just... Uh, it shouldn't be viewed as like, oh, see, the system works, we're good. But really, the exception of that this is shouldn't be undervalued. And the, the need to fix the system still very much exists. So those are kind of top of mind. I have one thing I experienced. Well, I'll say a couple other quick things and then really interested to hear your thoughts on your experience. I actually watched the verdict being read while I was in a Zoom meeting with two colleagues. Um, we were in the middle of a meeting. We knew this was going on and we basically said like, we're going to kind of pay attention to when the verdict comes in. And we just stopped our meeting. And one of the people, so one of the new people that's working with us is a black woman, and then a young white man is my other person. And it was kind of just a different experience to kind of be in some way present with other people during the verdict. I don't have necessarily much to say about it other than, you know, we've been doing so many things alone. It was interesting to do that to some extent with other people. Um, and the last thing is, I'm ashamed about this, but I can't pretend it didn't happen. And in fact, Jonna mentioned that she had a similar reaction. When Chauvin got up and was handcuffed, led away, I almost had this pity feeling. And... I was like, where did that come from? Like, like it, was it because he looked so pathetic, small and kind of in shock and just, I don't know, like it was weird. And, and then also like, am I just socialized? Like, oh, a small white person being led away in handcuffs in a suit, looking just overwhelmed and my reaction is pity. And like, yeah. if it was someone else, what would my reaction have been? So I just want to name that, that kind of conditioning that was, you know, just showed up 
in that moment. So, um, there you go. Uh, that's interesting. I, to, to be honest, I, um, you know, I get most of my news. I read and I listen um, to the radio. Um, I watch very little news. Um, and so actually I, I didn't even see, I haven't seen any, you know, video footage of that moment you're talking about, but, you know, I would hope that that reaction w is a good thing. Um, you know, I think part of this, uh, part of all of this work is everybody getting better at seeing humanity in other people. Like that was, that's part of the problem, right? I mean, he, I mean, I think we can say pretty clearly that Chauvin didn't see, I mean, I'm, I, I guess I'm going to say this. I'm assuming he didn't see much humanity in George Floyd, right? You don't, you don't do that to someone else if you view them uh, as a person. Um, but, you know, you're, but, but he, he was, and, you know, this police officer and the other police officers who were complicit in it, and it'll be interesting to see what, if anything, happens with them. But, um, you know, they're, they're people. So, I mean, I, I guess I would take it. It's good and, and natural to uh, hopefully it's, I don't know if it's natural, but I think it, it's a good thing to, to feel some pity. I mean, it's pit, he's pitiful. So I don't know. I, 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 maybe, maybe it's connected to race, but I hope it's more connected to humanity that you felt that. I would, I, I hear what you're saying. I'd hope that, but I also, just being honest with myself, just kind of wonder, is it really just, you know, the socialization of what he looks like? Like if it was someone else yeah. who looked different, behaved different, would have I had a different reaction? And unfortunately, I think I would have. Just kind of that conditioned reaction. Yeah. But that doesn't mean I don't agree with seeing humanity everywhere. Um, all right. So what are you, I'm curious, you know, you definitely had done some thinking. What are your thoughts and where are you at? With it? Well, your, your note that this concept of accountability, not justice, I, I think that's come up in a lot of commentaries, a lot of perspectives that people have shared uh, it was mentioned, um, actually a colleague of mine wrote a nice blog post um, for our for our website where she talked about that. Um, and, and so I think that's important. I, I'm glad that people, that that's being said, that that resonates with me, this idea that, um, you know, it's not, it's not the system working well and justice definitely hasn't been served. How do you, how do you get to justice? Um, and then your point about, that blue wall of silence to me that seems to be one of the that, that seems very important in this case because I just don't I it feels unprecedented to me at least in any of these nationally publicized cases the few that have actually bothered to go to trial where the the fellow officers have have never stood up and said something was wrong and so I hope that means that maybe it's a precedent. Now, my what I think about more than anything else is like, boy, does the case have to be this open and shut? Does it have to be this egregious 
there was no way, as you said, there was no way a reasonable person could look at any of this and say, oh, yeah, well, clearly heart condition and he brought it on himself or something. No, there's, there was no way. So if this is the level of um, <laughs> evidence we need, then, then I, I, I don't know if it's a, if we're moving in, in, in a new direction, but I hope so. And it can't always be this clear because we're not going to have excellent footage. We're not going to have like someone acting so, so clearly psychopathically. Um, but there are still guilty people doing wrong things. And um, so I guess time, time will kind of tell on that, but that's where I'm most nervous because all of those good things that happened in terms of people standing up and saying that was wrong, uh, this level of egregiousness is just not always going to be that clear. And that's what scares me. About Can I switch gears for a second? I agree with you. Uh, I just want to name something else that I'm just kind of thinking about. And I have been thinking about, which is like, so how does all this tie into this idea of police reform, policing, defund the police, that type of thing? And I just think, like, what's, of course, since the trial, literally on the day of the verdict, another yeah, yeah. Uh, black man was killed, and then a black woman, a uh, young woman, not a woman, a kid uh, yeah, in Ohio. Yeah. And uh, so <clears throat> this is this question of, like, what the hell? are police for? Like, why are police doing traffic stops? And why would they have weapons with them? Like, the 20-year-old guy who was shot yeah. instead of tased, right. right? Or whatever that... I mean, why are there police doing that job? And, and then loaded with all these weapons that it just and and you know we we you and I have listened to seen on radio so we know that um the beginning of policing came from tracking enslaved people that escaped right like yep and so it's just that that seems really messed up what i just like think this is the moment to kind of look and say, let, and, and I do think this idea of defund the police is actually the wrong language because I think we'll, we're like, open the whole thing up. It's weird. I, I'm just stay, thinking of it in this moment. Um, I'm just wondering, like, how much my reaction around this is similar to how I think about schools and education. Like, we have this system that didn't come out of the ground fully formed. It was designed and evolved and people did it. And we can undo it. We can do it differently. And I, you know, how do we get, how and when and where does all of this change? 
I, I just listened to, I'll share, I'll share it with you. There was a really good episode of Throughline, which do you ever listen to the, the NPR podcast Throughline, which is a, it's about, it's, it's I don't think I've ever heard of that. Yeah. It's, it's history. So they take the historical, they talk about current things through history. So there was okay, a recent one cool. about policing that was really good. Mm -hmm. It, it, um, because it went a little deeper uh, than some of the other conversations and all that you're talking about, like the, you know, the original, the Knight Riders and the slave patrols that were really the, the birth of police in America. But they talked about um, so many elements of policing and how it's always really at its roots been about controlling black bodies, you know, at, at, at the core. Um, and I, I'm, there's a couple of things. One, there's a, I think it was in that one where a guy was talking about, um, you know, teaching law school, I think in Georgetown, and he was connected with, um, you know, police force there. And he would have, his students had opportunities to do these ride-alongs with an officer that he was connected with. And the officer said he, he would uh, tell the kids, pick a car. He said, pick any car. In five minutes, I can find a reason to pull them over. Um, there's no, there are so many laws that uh, just give me a couple minutes behind any car and I have a legal reason that they violated to pull them over, which is the start of things. And, and um, you know, I, I, I'm also thinking of, um, is it, I think it was Malcolm Gladwell's most recent book. Um, I can't even think of the title of it right now. But it, it was actually, sometimes I sour on him a little bit, but he, he, kind of connected in sort of a different way some of the lines uh, that were drawn in Michelle Alexander, you know, the new Jim Crow that talked about the, the sort of mass incarceration and how that isn't about bad cops. It's about a whole system where, you know, we have these, like we're stopping people intentionally to try to find something else. You know, nobody stopped because of an air freshener. They're stopped because we're looking for other things. And the people that we're expecting to have other things are often black and brown people, right, in certain areas. Um, and, well, I just want to say, and of course, there's just more police. It's like kind of a chicken or egg self-fulfilling prophecy. I mean, certain communities have more police in them. There's more contact. I mean, when's the last time you were pulled over? Yeah. <laughs> Well, first you of all, remember? I, I know that every time you've ever been pulled over, they just let you go. I remember this. Um, I've gotten a so, ticket one time. <laughs> yeah, I think I've gotten one ticket in my life. I was definitely speeding. Um, and I got pulled. I do remember I got pulled over a couple years ago and I totally should have gotten a ticket. I was on my phone. Um, I was late for a meeting. Okay. I was checking all this stuff. But um yeah, the, the guy let me off, but um, yeah, it doesn't happen very yeah, often. I, mean, I, I think I've been pulled over like three times in my life. Right, I mean, that's my, like our contact with policing is just, you know, because of class, race, uh, geography, and so yeah. on, Location. which all intersect, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, sorry, I cut you off. Before. So the only other thing, I, I do think that there is the fact that 
there are social services that the police the police are are sort of semi doing all the time and it's because they're the only um that's that's who gets called because we don't have adequate other services not to not to throw too many things but i also just finished this other really good book called the riches of this land which is about the middle class and kind of what has happened to the middle class and there's a you know he says in that book something along the lines of in america more than any other developed country we've decided that people who are struggling are on their own and we've decided yeah. that um and so there there's no safety net and the safety net becomes the police which for many people is not a safety net um it's sort of the opposite so but you have to rebuild you know now maybe you know biden with all this infrastructure stuff which uh, is involving more than just bridges and roads and maybe this is a way to start to really invest in some other other supports yeah. and services that would make the police if not less necessary in that way at least less involved in some stuff that they shouldn't be involved in there was a story during the pandemic of i i don't remember the details but what i remember was there was a story that was lauding a police officer something tragic had happened actually i think somebody had died in a car accident or something like that and this police officer drove like across country he drove some long way to go inform like the family and this was held up as this great like noble thing he had done and i agree that that was a very thoughtful compassionate act but i actually don't believe that he was the best person to deliver the news that a family but we didn't have any other system there wasn't anybody more qualified more better able to go and talk to the family so some random policeman gets in his car and just goes and delivers that news and we should have a better way to handle that kind of thing yeah huh. yeah i it's coming up for me as i'm just kind of thinking are there parallels in schools and you know like i like where we have we either don't have the right people the right trained people enough of the people that type of thing to do the right type of work and the right type of supports although i think we're starting to see more move away from like the dean of discipline to you know counselors and restorative justice and so on but i and just like this will be interesting like is this a fad is it like where are we where are we going to be 5 years from now will this just be like a blip and it's gone and it's just business as usual or is this the beginning of some sort of significant change thinking like i wonder how people felt in the 60s when movements gathered energy 
legislation was passed. And, you know, what did they, how did they, did they, ha- did they have optimism? And, you know, I guess I'm not a history buff, so like how much really changed? I get a sense there were some really significant changes, but not enough. But, you know, these, is this, here's the question. I'm just wondering, are we at one of these inflection points? Do inflection points exist in history? And is this one of them? And how do you know? Yeah, that's, that's just a big, bigger thought. I think we're at an inflection point, and I think we have a good opportunity to make continued incremental progress, and and maybe that progress can be fast. I think the big question is, how do we avoid what's happened at other inflection points in history, especially racial inflection, which which has, and I think we see this very clearly, led to a backlash by our white people in the opposite direction. So Reconstruction, mm-hmm. right, led to the rise of Jim Crow and, and, mm-hmm. and, and um, the civil rights movement and all of the incredible gains of the late 60s and into the early 70s led to the rise of Reaganism and led to mass yep. incarceration and led to yep. kind of Again, like there was, there were opportunities for incredible progress that didn't materialize. So I think we're there again. I think we're at a place where there could be some bold movement. I think people are talking and thinking about really deeper things than we have on, on you know, sort of on an open national scale, especially involving white people. But will it be something that either kind of fizzles or so slow it's like why are we bothering or will it lead to a, another rise of the far right um you know the strong yeah. win in 2020 i think this is a point we should end <laughs> today <laughs> with these questions and maybe just make a note to like look for evidence as we go through the weeks, months, and years of, you know, where we see shifts and where we don't, and where we see opportunities for us personally to support a more, you know, radical or progressive, whatever word you want to use, instead of change. Radical is better than progressive. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's end there. This has been been a good talk. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. It's on a rainy me, day. Yeah, it's helped me think about a lot here that I wanted to talk with you about. So thank you for that. I hope the rest of your your run goes well. You're you're almost done, right? You're near the end. Yeah, I'm almost done. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Yeah, you too. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to episode 16 of the 3 to 10 Project. George Floyd, Accountability, Not Justice. Recorded on April 25th, 2021. And thank you as always to Random Chiz for producing our theme music.